Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Squeaks. Squeaks! And Jonathan. Hi, guys. Alright, we have a lot for you guys today. Uh, it's going to be going pretty quick with the news, and then at the end we'll have a review for both Psychonauts 2 and a brand new comic book that we're going to be sharing with you. Uh, comic books seem to be kind of the corner that we're letting drop off a little too much, so we're going to try to bring you more indie comics, and we have our interview series coming back soon, where we interview a lot of indie creators, so I expect that in September, actually. All right, so our question for the week is, what Harry Potter houses is each Ninja Turtle in? Okay, so Squeaks' face right away is lighting up. Oh, let's, go with, yeah. <laughs> let's go with Donatello first. Where do we see Donatello going? We'll start with you, Squeaks. What are you thinking? Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw? <laughs> Why is that? You, you know the houses so well. Well, because uh, Ravenclaw is known for its like wittiness and uh, intelligence. So, I mean, I think that's kind of a freebie for Donatello, to be honest. I think he can uh, out outperform anyone by his intelligence and uh, um, ways to solve issues. Uh, maybe like battling somebody by, yeah, what he does. Okay. That's how I see it. Yeah, where'd you send him, John? Uh, same thing. Ravenclaw? Okay. Yep, yep. That might be an easy one. My, Mikey's yeah. the one I'm worried about the most, but let's go ahead and move on to uh, Leonardo. Mm. What do you think, Squeaks? Where do you got Leonardo going? I think I have Leo as Gryffindor. Um, really? I think... Yeah, because I see uh, Gryffindor is like uh, brave and courage, and uh, Leonardo has never. He goes in, uh, I think, a situation tactfully, but yeah. I don't ever feel him like sway away from a challenge. Yeah. Right, okay, I could see that one, one actually. I, I first, uh, okay, yeah, I could see that. I was thinking Hufflepuff for him at first, but I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, John, where are you gonna put him? I got the same thing again. Leonardo, oh, nice. Gryffindor, brave okay. leader, noble, all Gryffindor qualities. We can we can let Universal know that they can go ahead and make the uh, movie now. <laughs> Holy we'll shit! Him, we'll the, oh my god! TMNT, that'd be great. The the no, day I'm that good. information comes out, that news breaks. Like we'd have to go to the hospital to visit Squeaks after his freaking <laughs> stroke. <laughs> I don't know if that'd be happy or mad though. That's, right that'd be a hard that. clash of uh, two uh, awesome things, but they don't fit together well. All right, next we're gonna be going to Raph, and I've got a pretty strong opinion where he belongs. But let's see what you guys think, Jonathan. Where are you gonna put Raphael? I put him in Slytherin. He's yes. creative mm. and you know bold, but a little bit of a rebel. He's kind of the wild card, so he's got to go with Slytherin. Perfect, perfect choice. What do you what do you got over there, Squeaks? Yeah, I'm gonna have to do the same because Slytherin's nice. all about power and the whatever it takes to get that power. And I think we've seen uh, Raphael uh, go to extremes to you know win a fighter battle, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm either going to for the album art on this for the uh, YouTube channel. I'm either going to have the sorting hat sitting on top of the Ninja Turtle head, one of the Ninja Turtles, or if I can't do that, I want to have Raph in a Slytherin robe. So that is my Photoshop mm. challenge for myself <laughs> this week. Both images turned me on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we putting Mikey at? Let's go, job. Yeah. yeah, so that leaves, leaves him for Hufflepuff. I mean, that's the only one left. And he's, you know, more fun and playful and kind, which isn't necessarily Hufflepuff, but it's more or less Hufflepuff. You don't have a name like Hufflepuff without having some fun. Like that's definitely mm -hmm. cornering you a little bit. Now I have him as Gryffindor, uh, because I think that like yeah, he's he's a kind of a goofball, right? He's he's definitely my favorite turtle. Um, but he's he is that brave, that stalwart character when he wants to be, especially like in the comic books you see a lot of that. Um, where it's like fun, but he'll put himself at risk for others. So that's why I was like, he's he's kind of a little bit of a wild card, I think. Where you got him at Squeaks? Yeah, I I got him as a Hufflepuff as well with John because of like uh, loyalty and he is kind of like that uh 
goofball in a way. Um, but they're still like unafraid of things. Um, yeah. I mean, the courage is obviously not there like Gryffindor, but I definitely see it as a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I think what I'm seeing as bravery is better seen as loyalty. I think you're right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a thing that I've seen before called the four humors where like when you have a group of four for like entertainment, they fall into the four humors. And it's funny because if you look at it, like each one of the team and T's, like they divide up well, obviously the houses of Harry Potter. So do like Scooby-Doo gang. Like if you look at, if you break it down, like Shaggy is, Mikey is, you know, there's always like that goofball in each group. And there's always yeah. this Star Wars character. So I just find that interesting. Uh, while we're here, I already explained that my, Mikey is my favorite. Who is your favorite turtle? Let's go with uh, Squeaks on this one. Donatello. Donatello. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of what uh, Michael Bay did it to him. I think he made him a little too in the, in the nerd realm, uh, a little too much. But uh, uh, yeah, I love Donatello. Yeah. I, I have yet to see those Michael Bay films. They what? Just, you never watched I, them? No, I just don't have, I just don't have the heart to, to ruin my childhood. Shit. I mean, <laughs> I, watched, I watched them uh, a few times, and I, I mean, I obviously own them, but I think it's still like, the turtles look dope. I think. I think, like, like okay. I said, okay. Donat- I obviously own them. <laughs> like, no duh. I'm gonna I, own everything Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I like. I mean, I like what Michael Bay does with characters like uh, the Transformers and the turtles look cool. Like I said, I think Donatello's a little too on the nerd side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they could create a cool. He could create a cool image. But other than that, it's like, fuck, man, these are just dumb films. But I guess that's what you're going into, right? Yeah, if you're going for a Michael Bay film, you're not gonna go for. Or something anything anything yeah. too well uh, i yeah. the original films were so good yeah so it's really hard to mess with that like that first one i mean just right away like them ordering pizza and them shoving the pizza down the grates and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's just all so good mm-hmm. so i hate to ruin yeah. that all right john which one's your favorite turtle uh, i'm gonna go Raphael. well i haven't watched a lot of ninja turtles i haven't seen the movies since i was probably five years old or something mm-hmm. but i have those but, too john uh, if you want to borrow them Okay, good. <laughs> we just have to do a movie night at your house. Yeah, we'll watch them all. That's you. All right, we got we got at least we all picked different turtles. I like that too. That was good. I, I thought we'd all pick the same. I thought you guys were smart and good, Mikey. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to give a quick announcement. Um, of course, Patreon people, you guys get all these cool perks. Cephalopod people, you guys are also paying for a lot of our bonus content, but you're not receiving the same perks. So if you message us on Twitter or even in Cephalopod itself. Saying like, hey, I want Discord access like the patrons do, or, uh, you know, hey, I've bought in five episodes. Can I get in on this next giveaway? Uh, you can just let us know, and then I'll, I'll go ahead and submit you in the next giveaway, or I'll get you that Patreon uh, Discord level access. Just let me know, because Cephalopod is much more a la carte, but a lot of you guys are spending the same amount of money as a patron would, so just let me know, and we'll get you set up. Uh, another thing, too, we are needing questions for Trek Freaks. So... I know you guys like a Trek Freaks. It's probably our most popular show right now. Uh, hit us up with questions that you want Jonathan or Kevin to ask each other in the beginning of those episodes. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you give us a hint to the latest question from Trek Freaks? Just a little hint. What do you got? The latest question. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, it might be not this next episode, but the one after, but a very soon episode. We're going to be talking about first contact and how you would interact with aliens for the first time. Okay, so that's the kind of subject matter. My question that I have submitted multiple times and have not been responded to yet, so I'm kind of got a little complaint about this. Which <laughs> would win in a fight, a five Tie Fighters versus the Enterprise from TOS? 
They still have not answered that question. I'm going to keep lobbing for that, guys. You'll see me outside of Jotha's house with poster signs pretty soon <laughs> with nice. pictures of TIE fighters on it. Also, if you have questions that you don't want read on the air, but just questions for us, uh, submit them and we're happy to, to answer and talk about what yeah. we do in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, definitely. That goes for the podcast wide, too. All right, let's go ahead and get into some news. First up, a follow-up to our continuous campaign, Niantic has reverted its Pokemon stop changes to the 80 meters. Uh, this has been just railed in by fans trying to get this thing done. Um, it's for all kinds of safety concerns, yada, yada, yada. You guys have watched our YouTube video about this. We're going to have me and Robert supposed to record that episode yesterday. We're going to record it on Monday now in response to this. So good move, Niantic. There's still more to come. Of course, they still got more to do to, to really get back to the healthy standards that they had before. But this was a good start. All right, let's get into some fun stuff here. That new Spider-Man trailer. I first want to say I called it. It released on August 23rd, mm -hmm. which was the day on the calendar in WandaVision. And so that was pretty badass that they kind of foreshadowed that. What was your initial reactions to these Spider-Man trailer squeaks? Um... I actually, I mean, it was really good. You know, I think a lot of us with the, watching the old Spider-Mans, when we finally seen the Doc Ock, and we see that bomb from the Green Goblin. Yeah. Though I was a little upset not seeing the Green Goblin, but I'm so, like, anticipated to see, like, oh, what is it going to look like now? Or, you know, are they going to keep the armor because we're bringing that one back, right? We're not going to go full-blown, hey, I'm a Goblin-type-looking dude, but keep the armor, maybe looking newer. Yeah. Um, I thought the trailer looked great. Uh, I'm ready. The only thing I thought about right away was... I'm ready for Peter Parker to make the next step out of high school. So I was kind of hoping we could kind of see a graduation of some kind. Like I'm ready for that animated Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was great. And there's a lot of definitely mystery. Uh, I guess, you could, I don't know, foreshadowing in it as well, but I thought it looks awesome. I mean, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait to see the other villains that they're going to bring in that they haven't even like gave us a little tease yet. Yeah. Uh, the leaked trailer was a little bit different than the trailer that actually got released. Um, and spoilers, I guess, for that. But in that one, we do see uh, Green Goblin. We see Shock. Oh, so, shit. I see. I didn't even watch that one because I was like, nah, I'll just wait until it releases. I didn't realize was it was going to be different. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, not now. If you're telling me there's more villains in it, like some bitch. Well, okay. yeah, but it was just them standing around talking to each other. It wasn't like anything great. The graphic, <sighs> like the CGI wasn't finished on that trailer. It was okay. a real horrible mess. But yeah, well, CGI wasn't finished on there. But the whole like Doctor yeah. Strange part was the same. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you expect when Scarlett Johansson, uh, you know, released that one? Oh, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> she got pissed I love off. that. I love that. Like as revenge, she released it, but not just like a great version of the trailer. No, yeah. it's a it's a phone recording, a phone recording, a phone recording, a phone, like they did. Yeah. And it's like this will get Disney back. Yeah. They'll be paying me my bucks. <laughs> Jonathan, what are your thoughts on that trailer, man? I thought it looked good, but it, it makes me nervous mixing the old and the new as much as they are. I know it just has to take like a lot of time and effort to do it right. And I'm sure they can. Uh, I just hope they, they don't make it look cheap and you know kind of wonky trying to cram the story together. Story together. <laughs> no, I was going to say, which uh, could be uh, uh, a little like what John was saying, in a way, uh, cram too much in maybe. Because we saw the uh, Michael Keaton, what he said about the Spider-Man uh script he was like i don't know this is kind of fucking confusing and then like two days later we see he says that basically the same thing about the batman script or the flash movie script so yeah. 
I don't know. I'm curious if they could kind of keep an order to it. So where it's not like, oh, this is just a bunch of shit crammed in a movie. Well, that Flash movie is the same thing that's happening with Spider-Man. They're bringing back Exa- you know, yeah. proper Batman. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it will probably be, I mean, only Disney could do this, right? Like where they actually have this much talent on screen at one time. This is like an Avengers level effort that they're putting in on this next Spider-Man movie. It, it actually kind of has me worried because you're right in the sense that Spider-Man is in high school for only like the first few years of his entire comic book run. He's normally out there. He's actually a very, you know, sci- he's got a scientist and he makes a lot of money and everything like that eventually. Um, and so, yeah, at some point we need to do that. So I kind of feel like this, these three mil- movies here are going to either be the end of Spider-Man for a while or we might now see a transition where like maybe they'll bring Venom in and maybe Sony will take over full time and they'll do a, like a new trilogy with, I'm cool with Tom Holland. I want Tom Holland to stay, but this might be kind of a good way to kind of reboot it a little bit. Not a full reboot. I hate to say that word, but issue in like phase two of Spider-Man basically like they do with Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, yeah. Maybe just keep expanding. I mean, we got that Morbius coming in and I mean, I think we're all dying for that Sinister Six. So, oh yeah. You know, just kind of expand that universe while Spider-Man's in a way taking a break. I'd be cool with that. But it, it, you know what I was thinking? Because you said that he jumps into the scientist, makes a lot of money eventually. Yeah, I know that in later comics. So it looks like with Jay Jonah and Jay, you know, JJ. Yeah. Uh, that because he pooped Parker out there, that we're not going to get Spider-Man working at the Daily Bugle. Well, you know, after what Doctor Strange does, he can work with it. it it's the reset. Everybody will forget who he yeah. is. Interesting, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I wonder if they would fix that then. Well, this yeah, brings me yeah, to... maybe not. Yeah, yeah, everybody online has been complaining that like Doctor Strange wouldn't do such a dangerous spell. He's much more responsible than that. My counter to this, and let me see what you guys think, is first off, yes, he would. If you guys remember the actual Doctor Strange movie, not the Avengers movie when the stakes are so crazy, but the Doctor Strange movie, he's arrogant, he's brash, he's kind of like a little bit of a shit talker. Of course, he would kind of do that wink and, and everything like that, which I loved. Um, and then in the comic books, they actually did do this exact scene. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit heavier, but uh, it was post-Civil War, which uh, Spider-Man revealed who he was in Civil War. Um, and he goes to Strange, and he's in tears. Like, please, 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 because people are uh, attempting to kill Aunt May and MJ because they know who he is. So he's in tears to Doctor Strange. Please change this. Please make everybody forget. And Doctor Strange... Feels his pain, but won't do the spell because it's too dangerous. And then eventually it is done when MJ goes to Mephesto. So we could actually, this actually might be the way to get Mephesto in, which would be funny because the trailer dropped, you know, with the WandaVision clues. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Doctor Strange pulling this move? Do you think it was too dangerous, Squeaks? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, you kind of know that with that first movie, how um, cocky he was and whatnot and the little wing thing. I get that. But he's grown so much since then, and he's been totally serious. So I get the way he acted, the whole mansion being frozen. Uh, I could kind of see that foreshadowing also. Uh, him dressed in like this coat and being cold. It's like why do you? Why is it? Why is your house like this anyway? One, uh, how kind of like yeah, sure, whatever. Let's just do it, you know. And I think he's smarter of when Peter Parker was kind of interrupting that spell mm-hmm. to stop it there or to figure something out instead of messing up and then we saw later in the trailer where it looked like almost you could see instead of dr strange and spider-man working together on this crazy ass train looks like they're battling each other so i think you oh, have that. it right with the uh, uh mefesto 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we switched it up because in the Spider-Man comic, the one more day, it is a little different. I think he didn't want to erase a, what it was it not everyone's mind or it he was a little, it, he didn't want to erase MJ's mind, but then when MJ yeah. made the deal, it would erase her mind or something like that. Or no. Yeah. I think yeah, he requested something, something a little different, whatever the case, but it was yeah, still yeah. kind of like the same ideal, but just a little different. So I feel like, okay, this is what we're getting. Instead of MJ going to Mephesto, it's Parker going to Strange Wishes Mephesto. So they kind of just twisted a little bit. Kind of, to, I feel like maybe to mess us up so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's not word for word for the comic. That era in Marvel Comics is so damn good. The Civil War, the post-Civil War yeah. fallout is so, so good. Honestly, even uh, because I've been reading, I mean, I've been reading tons of DC. I don't want to read a lot of new stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go oh, and read kind of like in that. So yeah. like with Marvel... Like the newest thing that I would really enjoy reading is like uh, I read some of the Spider-Man being like the new Tony Stark. You know, that's cool. It goes all the gadgets and then like the Venom stuff. And it's like anything before that. I'll just go back and read stuff I missed out on. So, Outs- uh, yeah. Outside of Donnie Cates' Thor um, mm. and the Super Sons. And I, I think I'm going to start reading the new Superman, which is is John Kent is Superman now. OK. Um, I have just been reading X-Men Legends, which is 90s X-Men. <laughs> Yeah. Batman Adventure Continues, which is the 90s Batman Adventures. And then (laughs) I'm going to be reading soon 89 Batman, which is Michael Keaton's Batman story run. Mm, So it's like, I'm so in the 90s. I'm done with modern comics for a while. I just need good old stuff that I (laughs) fell in love with back in the day. Um, Yeah. Hey, you think if Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are fighting, do you think the the spell that he cast erased his own memory of Spider-Man? You think maybe now Spider-Man's going back to him like, hey, you, you, you messed up. It erased too many people's memory. You know, Aunt May doesn't even know who I am. I need you to, to revert it. And he's like, who the heck are you? And starts fighting him because he's got some spider person coming at him. That'd that's a cool, actually. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Totally wrong, but that's a cool idea. <laughs> 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 that would be cool, though. I'd, I'd yeah, that actually, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that Doctor Strange is becoming the new Tony Stark of the MCU. Like. We're done with the science superhero stuff. We're moving on to this magical stuff where we have Wanda and, and we have Loki. And we now, we, know, we talked about it before, Loki is going to be in the, next, um, uh, the, in the next Doctor Strange movie as well. So it's kind of becoming like he's like the centerpiece of all this magical stuff in the MCU. And I, I'm on board with that. I just love Doctor Strange so much. So I think that's pretty awesome. I want to get back to the space, though. I'm ready for Guardian, the next Guardians movie. On its way. On its way. Did you watch Suicide Squad, by the way? No. Still? Oh my gosh. If you watch, if if you liked, I'm serious, if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy, it's James Gunn again doing Suicide Squad. It was a blast to watch. And I almost got a King Shark tattoo after watching it. So it's totally You know what's crazy? A lot of people were talking garbage that I knew, uh, people that I know were talking garbage on that that just thought it was all right. Um, But I mean, no, no, it's not Sammy. (laughs) Co-workers. Yeah. Uh, Sammy actually enjoyed it. But uh, it's like, man, James Gunn, you give him a group like this, and he knows what to do with it, really. And DC said you could use anybody you want. And, and that's what's perfect. That's why we saw yeah. so many random-ass characters. We're just going to kill them off. Yeah, you know? it was a lot, yeah. a lot of fun. I like that a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on to our next thing here. Brandon Roth has been cast for the new Magic the Gathering series being done by Netflix. Uh, just to break down the series real quick. It's going to follow two Planeswalkers on their journeys. Uh, planeswalkers are like these magical, wielding characters. That are either heroes or villains, but they're kind of like the pinnacle character in a magic deck. Um, he'll be joined by somebody else not yet cast, so his character's going to be Gideon Jura. The other character will be Jace uh, Bellerin. There are two planeswalkers that go th- about things differently, but it sounds like they're still going to be partners in like try to fight stuff. But once 
ruthless one's you know good um there's no doubt that brandon will play the good one uh, he's best known for playing as uh superman in the superman returns movie from 2006 do you guys think that and this is going to be an animated series okay so this is going to be um oh fuck are you serious stuff. yes uh, hmm. so at first it sounds like it's going to be a new witcher but i think this might be a new castlevania like how they used to do those and i think that's what i've always wanted at castlevania where the two would like go around on adventures and like help fight things do you think that's what we're getting out of this squeaks well i was hoping this would be a live action but if we're getting something like castlevania i'm not mad at it um because castlevania i adore that series it's so amazing mm-hmm. and so like raw um one thing i do love i love that we're getting more of this magic of the gathering content uh frank be scared because i am building my deck pretty well i've been spending money because he told me he got a strong deck and i was like okay fuck that so i've been going out spending money so i'm ready to play you very soon um <laughs> i but, can't wait to take you down <laughs> so, <laughs> all right you're gonna be surprised watch but uh what i uh what i like is that in the trading card games we have pokemon number one for collectibles and Yu-Gi-Oh! the magic okay but in the game itself and playing it magic's on top and what I think that is, is that we need more content from Magic to make it a more uh, collectible desired um, card game. That's true. So, like, as of right now, I'm reading uh, Magic uh, comic books. Okay, mm-hmm. they got, like, I think the sixth one drops uh, next month, actually. And I really love what's going on with 1 through 5, the story and whatnot. I like seeing Jay Spellerin and these planeswalkers kind of, like, coming in. You're like, oh, shit, I know who that is. You know, that's kind of neat. So it makes yeah. me want to collect it in a way. So more content like this, I think, is just going to super supersede and get its knownness uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Yeah. Um, now that's more of the trading card aspect of it. But, I mean, any more content to make this world more popular. I mean, I'm down for it for sure. One thing I'm excited for is this world seems so big and it does have so much lore mm-hmm. that I would like to have kind of like, a okay, here's how everything lines up together. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if I myself, I buy cards for one of two reasons. Either it's strong and it's useful. Or I really like the picture. And so yeah, I would yeah. like to have the picture start to make sense. Like, oh, wow, this has got a pirate on it. I've got to buy this pirate deck. <laughs> I literally have a pirate deck. And yeah. so I would like to know where the pirates are at and what they're mm-hmm. doing next to, you know, Jason. Yeah, totally. Totally. That'd be cool. What are your thoughts on this, John? Uh, it sounds great. But like Squeaks is saying, I was excited at first thinking it was going to be live action. Then yeah. once you hear it's animated, it's like, okay, that's cool. But live action would have been so much better. And to his point, hopefully they continue to build this and get some hype behind it, and then they'll have you know, I don't know Netflix or Disney or someone dump some money on them and say, hey, make a live action movie or series. Um, but yeah, it's cool that you know we're getting more content in this world. We all like it, and hopefully it'll kind of stir it up some more. I think you're right that they would do that too because they just did it with um, Witcher, where they have the live action and it was so popular that now they're doing the animated stuff, and that's mm-hmm. getting so popular. So it's kind of like just feeding onto itself. So I can see that happening. I think that'd be really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joe, last part too. They're going to have a prequel novel come out by Django Wexler. Um, that'll release the same time that the series does. So you guys can get more magic. Oh no shit. Like an actual like novel, novel or a graphic novel, novel. novel. No, it's an actual oh, no novel. No shit. That's badass. No. I have to get that. Definitely. I'm on board with that too. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next thing, the next flash crossover. So Arrowverse, right? Crossover event is going to be Armageddon storyline from DC. Uh, I just want to explain what this is real quick. Oh, they're going to be bringing back a lot of characters like Black Lightning series is done, but Black Lightning is coming back for this. So stuff like that. Uh, Armageddon 2001 is a storyline from 1991 uh, that tells that's about a superhero named that becomes Monarch. But in the year 2001, the distant future, (laughs) 
He kills all other superheroes, takes the name uh, Monarch and wears a suit of armor and rules Earth, right? So in the storyline, this guy, Matthew Ryder, who becomes Wave Rider, goes back 10 years to the current day of 1991 to try to figure out who Monarch is and kill him before he becomes powerful. Uh, it's a pretty long story. The thing that everybody hated about the comic book is it got leaked who the Monarch was. And in the real uh, finisher was that the Monarch was going to be Captain Adam. But when DC found out that it leaked, they at the last minute changed it to be Hawk. Was, uh, the, was the Monarch at the end. The problem was, a few issues before, Monarch killed Hawk. So that was, wasn't possible. So DC ended up putting themselves in a real bad spot. So this storyline is actually hated by DC readers themselves. And yet, they're bringing it into the Arrowverse. Can you guys think of a way... Now, I know this is off. I didn't have this question in here, but can you guys think of a way for them to redeem this storyline? They just have to change it. I mean, we've seen that before where a comic is good, but then the movie or TV show is different. So, yeah, just have a different ending that is a surprise to everybody and satisfies the story that they were hoping to get originally. What I like about that, Jonathan, is normally, yeah, the comic book is good and the movie's bad. This one, we're hoping for the opposite. The comic book is bad. Hopefully, the movie's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, who do you think could be Monarch out of the Flash Arrowverse, if you guys know enough people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you watching that stuff. What do you think, this Squeaks? Mm, I don't know, because every character I think of the Flash universe, I don't really want to see as Monarch. Yeah. Um, my take, I don't know, why can't... It would be cool. You said Captain Adam, and that would be super dope if they just oh did that, because you haven't seen that. I mean, when's the last time you've seen that? Character? So <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So when uh, it'd be cool to bring him to life, and yeah, okay, it's spoiled, but the fuck else you watch teen yeah. titans you watch titans and you're like oh guess what this robin's gonna turn into fucking nightwing yeah it's pretty gonna... pretty obviously red hood's gonna be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right so it's like i think to just revamp is just make it i don't know just a great series now is this so with the hbo and dc they have their own tides now i did start go back to watch the titans i was like okay let me give it another chance is hbo a part of the series or is it just gonna be some cw shit it's gonna be most of the cw stuff but they are the same universe so okay. there so is a time. Eventually, they'll they'll <laughs> probably fold together at something. Um, okay. They might actually do some cameos in this, but yeah, eventually. Cause I'm, yeah, because I was curious if it's going to be on the level of Titans or it's going to be level on the Flash itself. Because you know, obviously, Titans are a little bit more gruesome in the first couple episodes. Yeah. You kind of see that we're like really bloody, crazy fighting style. You know, or is it going to be cartoony like Supergirl? <laughs> It'll be more cartoony like Flash, Supergirl. Yeah, so um, I won't watch it then. But yeah, the first season of Arrow <laughs> is like Titans. So yeah, that's yeah. you know when he was like. Cross the names with the list. Uh, I'm actually hoping, funny enough, for Adam because he's coming back, which is Brandon Roth, who is playing in that Magic the Gathering series we were just mm. talking about. So I'm hoping he becomes it because he is such a nice guy. And in the Arrowverse, he is like the nicest guy. So for him to be like, yeah, at some point you just kind of lose it and you kill all other superheroes and become the ruler of Earth would be really cool to see him kind of yeah. square away with that. And they actually had him come back as Superman during the last Crisis crossover event. So they keep kind of using him as this like pinnacle character. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun, honestly. So yeah. I would we'll like see. to see that character come back. It's an old yeah. one. So, all right, guys. The event starts November sixteenth. It's gonna be five episodes long, so it's actually a pretty long event for them. Uh, next up, we have Disneyland is removing Fast Pass. Now, I have some major opinions on this, but are you guys uh, familiar with Fast Pass? I know Squeaks, you probably are, right? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used it the the one the last time I went. We, okay. we used it a little bit. For those of you guys who don't know, FastPass is a way to sign up to get on a ride like at a future time 
for free. You can either go to the ride or you can pay a little extra to use the app and do it all through the app and be able to go on. Well, they're getting rid of FastPass, unfortunately. But they're getting this new thing called Genie. Now, Genie by itself is a way to schedule your day out depending on what you want. Like, so, oh man, I just want fast roller coasters. Well, it'll kind of help you build a schedule where you're just going on a lot of fast roller coasters. The thing that we're going to be talking about is Disney Plus. It'll be $15 for Disney World and $20 for Disneyland per day. You mean and what that Genie, does... You're talking about Genie Plus, right? Genie Plus. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think you said Disney. You said Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus yeah. will give you Mandalorian. No. Genie <laughs> Plus. And so what this thing does is it'll be like Fast Pass, basically, where uh, one at a time you can schedule um, rides to be able to go on. You'll get Photo Pass, much like the paid Fast Pass as well. And then you'll get audio behind the scenes stuff. The essentially the only difference that matters is the fact that now you're paying for that fast pass. What are your thoughts on that, Squeaks? Is that good, bad? Are there any benefits to this for us? Okay, so it sucks to pay for more when you're already paying a crazy amount for a ticket already, right? I get yeah. that. But honestly, so I recently went to Decent World during the COVID stuff and they kind of didn't have the fast passes. It was all just standby. You would not believe the difference it would make when there was no fast pass line interrupting the normal line. It was like, okay, here, you're going to wait like 45 minutes for the ride. Actually, it was like 20 something because we weren't constantly getting interrupted and we were, we kept going and kept going. So it's almost like, damn, like if it deters away from the fast pass, maybe it's not a bad idea, to be honest. Uh, Now that's just someone waiting in line. Um, But I did also read that high, super high volume rides will have an additional price. And so the uh, Star Wars ride, which you guys haven't rode yet, which is the best effing ride that I've rode in my life in all theme parks combined. Okay, this thing is a freaking experience. Okay, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is bizarre uh, that they'll have additional costs. And it's like, are we going back to when Disneyland first opened with a ticket book <laughs> with each ride on right. it? Like we're going to have to pay more to go on rides, which I think is insanely ridiculous. But. It's almost like Disney has been trying to deter people away for the longest time. They're having way too many, many people in that theme park. And it mm-hmm. honestly just makes it miserable for everyone. Well, for, for me, at least. I don't want to go there. It's 100 degrees and I got to wait hours in every single line I get to. So I totally get it. But also, it's kind of a money hungry thing, too. Let's be real. We're trying to, yeah. I guess, recover from everything. And this is a way to do it. But I can't say they're dumb or, you know, they're kind of smart. Sometimes, and as a customer, if I'm sitting in a standby line and I'm not being interrupted, that line actually goes by pretty well. So maybe yeah. just get rid of stand uh, or fast pass it, period. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, God, the old ticket book, I forgot about that. They used to do that. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's literally what I thought about right away. I was like, okay, so we're going to start having to pay to get on rides on top. I mean, unless you're going to change the tickets, which I don't see you doing that, you need to change the tickets then. So. They won't. They keep raising the price of tickets and they keep using the excuse of like, oh, we're trying to make it to where less people come. And it's like, that's yeah. such a bullshit thing. Just turn people away then. You know? <laughs> yeah. Instead, you guys Lower don't. Capacity. Yeah. You just keep raising the price. So you're not going to lower yeah. the capacity, but you'll raise the price. That's just yeah. bullshit. Better solution, yeah. expand your park so you can fit an extra 10,000 people in there. They are doing that too, actually. They're working on expanding the park. They're adding um, a whole new section that's behind the current uh, God, I can't remember the name of the hotels, but those, that hotel road there's more stuff going back there now. Those flat parking lots consume like 80% of those. And then the, what you have left make a giant like skyscraper size parking garage. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's a, actually, that would probably, yeah, well, like one of those big vending machine parking garages would be dope. There you go. All right, John, what are your thoughts on Genie Plus? I, I don't care for it. I like fat, fast pass. That's 
a smart system. I like that you can get on a ride faster. Mm-hmm. Like Sweeks is saying, you know, oh, it only takes, you know, 20 minutes or whatever if you're in line and everyone's in line. Yeah, but, you know, I was the guy that was smart enough to download the app and all these people either don't care or don't know about it. So I'm going to get on faster than them. Now, the problem with having Genie Plus and now you can pay for it is people who have money are getting differentiated from those who don't. People, some families are already spending every penny they got to go and then you know you got to spend an extra 15 or 20 dollars per person to also be able to go on your rides a little bit faster a lot of people won't do that so the wealthy are able to have more fun experience when the poor don't and you know they're bringing a a sack lunch and sitting on the bench eating while the wealthy people just get to go enjoy everything more it's just it's it's not i don't think it's what disney should be all about it should be about the family experience and having fun while you're there i think having uh the extra content the behind the scenes kind of audio stuff that you can play with your phone i think that's fantastic they should have had that free from the beginning that as you're walking it's like a tour guide that can point out or give you more information or maybe you scan little little mickey mouse ears in in every place you go and it gives you information about that or the design selling this app better than they did <laughs> i love that part where you <laughs> yeah, scan mickey I mean, mouse ears kinda, yeah they kind of <laughs> already have that going on anyway in star wars land there's a lot of interactive uh Is stuff there- through there so you can use your phone and solve puzzles and things will like light up like you can actually control the mandalorian to like spit out water or whatever like that huge mm-hmm. ship uh, that's out in the oh, front of the cool. ride so yeah. that could be yeah. something that maybe they're just adding they could be adding more of that to be around the park more yeah i i just wouldn't add i wouldn't do all this stuff with an extra 20 dollar per day fee add it to disney plus you already want people to subscribe you're already getting people's accounts set up and stuff like that it will not only be encouraging for people to to sign up for Disney Plus, but it'll be Disney Plus people will have another reason to go down to Disneyland, especially if with this app that you get from Disney Plus, you get, you know, coupons or certain like slow seasons they can can go a little bit cheaper too. Yeah, and then you could do like little like four minute documentaries about the ride you're on. Yeah. And stuff like that too. Um cool. I you know, I was thinking about that behind the scenes audio stuff. I'm like, that makes for a good podcast actually. Like each episode do a deep dive on a particular ride at at Disneyland. And that mm-hmm. way, because if you guys have been on a, on the Space Mountain line, you have a podcast worth of wait time. You might as well be listening to Geek Freaks. Um, but yeah, I, this this might just be me, but it's kind of reminds me how video games are too. I ra- I actually want there to be a cost for Fast Pass because look, I mean, let's be honest. At Disneyland, just don't eat a hot dog and you make up that twenty dollars a day. And so, if it takes if it lowers the amount of people that are in Fast Pass, that means my Fast Pass is going to go faster. And so I'd rather there be a bit of a gate on that so that like instead of currently the fast pass program works where you have like a uh, half the line length that's in that fast pass line. It's so long half the time where if it's only like 20 people who are w- willing to pay that 20 bucks, it's going to go through like lightning. Like honestly, instead of fast pass, single rider is the way to go really for a lot of those rides, especially the Indiana Jones one. Like I just like loop that thing with the Indiana Jones. So I'm kind of happy that they're charging for this now because when you're going to Disneyland, you're going to spend 60 bucks on a, on a sweater. You're going to spend $50 on a t-shirt. So just do one less of those and you can pay for all your fast pass stuff and enjoy the park itself and not the merch you bring home. But what if... That's know, fucking yeah. blasphemy. <laughs> you got a couple hundred people... You're not a corn dog. <laughs> if you got a couple hundred people in line and that makes for an hour long wait, what if all of those people paid the $20 and have fast pass or have Genie Plus? I am a sucker and I'm using the Disney mentality of like, no, the money will make it to where less people go that way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. 
I think that's kind of the hopes, really, too. It's like, like I said, the more people in standby and not getting interrupted, that line kind of goes by fast. And then if you say, like, you got the fast pass, you paid for it because, of course, I'm going to pay for it, uh, that it's less people in that line. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's supply and demand. If if you're selling out, then you can increase the prices until you sell 98%, and then you can stay right there and make a lot more profit. But I, to me, I'd rather instead of, you know, I could personally get through the line faster so I can go on the ride and forgive everybody else. I think Disney, not me, but Disney should be in the mentality that let's just try not to have hour-long lines. Like, if people aren't having fun and we're trying to find a way for people to enjoy it more, yeah, they want the money. I get an extra 20 bucks a person per day is great, but Try to find a way to cut down that line time. One thing I think they, I'm sure they've done it in a couple of them. Uh, I think one of the Star Wars ones actually, Squeaks would know, where the line isn't just a line out in the sun somewhere. It's like a merch shop that's kind of interactive so you can do something while you're waiting for an hour. Yeah, like, Guardians that is that way, where they have like a museum you're going through the whole time in Guardians. And yeah. Indiana yeah. Jones, when they do it properly, is kind of that too, where you're like going through a whole uh, cave system. Yeah. Hey, it, I don't know how you're going to stop hour long. Like, if it caps out an hour, because what are you going to do with all the people that want to get on? So, you know, yeah. people are willing to wait that, you know. I have literally stopped what I've done at Disneyland. Like, oh, shit, it's only an hour away for Space Mountain. Let me get in line. Yeah. Like, I have <laughs> actually done that. So, because yeah. that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal for Space Mountain. Space Mountain's hopping. All right. And, Go ahead. Oh, one more thing is, is like you guys saying, to, to turn people away a little bit, is increase the price of your tickets. So that it costs twice as much to get in the door and have like literally a headcount capacity. So you cut down how many people can be in there. So that would theoretically just cut all your lines down dramatically. That's what they yeah. keep saying they're doing. They keep raising the price and that's always the excuse for it is that like, oh, well, we're trying to lower how many people come into the park. But they don't really lower the headcount part. They yeah. just keep taking in that cash. Yeah, because they like, keep okay. going up to that. What do you call that? Fire marshal? What is it? Is it a fire marshal account? Or yeah, a fire marshal. Yeah, fire marshal. Yeah, they keep going to that, and that's their cutoff. But I see what you're saying. Like, just cut the cap still. But I don't know. I've heard uh, employees as well on the lower level. I mean, they could just be getting told whatever garbage too nonsense. Uh, that they all say the same thing. That they're still just trying to lower that capacity. I mean, for me, I remember. I mean, obviously, I get a discount on my tickets, and it used to be ninety nine dollars for a three day hopper. Now I have to pay two hundred fifty bucks for a three day. Yeah. Uh, or 280 for a four day that's the military uh, discount right uh, yeah yeah so a lot of people are probably pissed off that i'm you know i'm gonna pay <laughs> 20 bucks right more because like, i get a discount <laughs> people right now are like when the hell were you paying 99 for a three-day hopper yeah, <laughs> like that's oh, such God. a crazy deal that's 2011 <laughs> yeah that's the good old <laughs> yeah. days right there dang yeah all right let's let's end this off with the real answer would you guys purchase jenny plus for me it's a definite yes, yes. squeaks yeah <laughs> yes and jonathan yeah, if you're already in, yeah. his ship, he's like I yeah mean, i'm gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> especially if your friends get it what are you gonna do <laughs> you know yeah. you're kind of pressured and with a baby if i'm going down there it's not a one day thing i'm gonna stay the night in a hotel yeah. and i'm already spending a few grand so I might as well put an extra 20 bucks a night and okay. i'll bring that sack lunch to save some cash i will have to get a corn dog i'm not i, I picked the worst thing you can't yeah. not get a corn dog from from a <laughs> the turkey leg the, the size of my head like come on. <laughs> well they got that guy with like the red cart that's there like by the tomorrowland entrance you got to swing by that guy. Or if you're in, a, in a yeah, California Adventures, they got the Corn Dog Kingdom or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. Let's not yep. get me hungry. Let's go on to the next thing here. <laughs> <laughs> Stardew Valley is holding a 40K tournament on September 4th. Uh, so this is from developer Eric uh, Barron. His name is, uh, he's also known as Concerned Ape. And streamer uh, Us Usurpassable. Um, they're teaming up for the event. This is going to have hundreds of different challenges for four different teams uh, for that 40K prize. 
this is consisting of like Stardew guide makers, speed runners, experts, YouTubers, uh, making up these four teams of four. And this is the first time that this has ever been a competition for Stardew. So people are kind of like, oh, wait, this isn't an eSport or anything like that. They're just making this competition for fun. Uh, so my question to you guys, and I'll start us off. What other games that are not eSports could they make tournaments out of that would be really interesting? So the two that I put down here is first off is Wildlands, which is a game much like Mercenaries, where you're, you have an open world and your job is just like, here's some targets, go kill them. And you can do it any way you want to. So speed running, that would be a lot of fun. Because then you'd be people that are just like running in, throwing a grenade into a room and trying to survive it afterwards or whatever. The other one is Sea of Thieves. Because, and I don't mean like the PvP version that nobody plays of Sea of Thieves, actual Sea of Thieves, and say like, okay, you guys got four hours, come back with as much gold as possible. And so you'd have like, well, we could spend our time PvPing everybody else and stealing their gold, or we could like hide from island to island, collecting gold and turning them in as fast as possible. The strategy would be a lot of fun. So, especially if you can't turn it in, you have to hold that gold on your ship until it, it's turned in at the end. Oh my God, that's such a good idea, John. And he's so scary. <laughs> One crack and it would take away three hours of work. Right. <laughs> oh my oh, God, man. that's a good idea. All right, uh, yeah, John. What else? What other ideas do you have for that? So, I, I know this is probably kind of out of the box, but I would do Minecraft. I think there's so many things you can set as goals, like just finding certain materials or building a certain kind of structure and put a time limit on it. Mm -hmm. That I mean, and so many kids are playing Minecraft these days. It's gotten so creative. Uh, I think that'd be a pretty fun one to make into a PvP or into a, uh, what do you call it, tournament. Yeah, they do this thing where there's like a floating island and there's two teams that go at each other and you have limited sources. But yeah, if you had like an actual, kind of like the, with the CT things thing, it's like the first way to kill a dragon, you just like let them loose to kill a dragon and see how fast each team can do that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and we talked about before where there's a speedrunner that, Ended up modding the game just enough to where he had a better chance of dropping blaze rods. And it was like, that was enough to break the record. And so um, it, it gets that close. Yeah. yeah. And you can do simple things like the first one to make a diamond pickaxe or to tame a horse or, or you know, uh, harvest honey. Something that's weird but kind of tricky and takes other yeah. resources. So they're like scrambling like, well, people will go different routes to get to the same outcome. That'd be kind of cool to watch. That's exactly how they're doing with the Stardew Valley thing is... Um, there are different things like we'll use that. So yeah, like you get 10 points for making that diamond pickaxe. Then you get five points for far, for harvesting honey, you know? And so then the person with the, the, the team with the most points at the end win. So that's how they're doing it like that. Squeaks, do you have any uh, alternate games that would be good for this? Yeah, I think mine's going to be like the uh, Demon Souls Bloodborne type games. Oh, now wow. I'm thinking like, hey, maybe your objective is you're going to kill boss two in world one, you know, like mm -hmm. this is the main part. And they got the level set up to where you can do that. So you're going to have to go through the same, the whole route to get to that boss. But what would make it very interesting is that one, the play style of how someone would take down that boss, right? Or take down even the little enemies on the way. But what I think would be kind of fun and interesting be like, say if they're at that same, one's a little ahead of the other ones at the boss and think of one's like just a couple of enemies right before that boss. Think if he dies on that boss, how, you know, these games work, you have to start from the very beginning of the level. So you might have like passages unlocked and whatever, but those other enemies res uh, respawn or spawn. Yeah, spawn back up. And then you can have that other guy that was just behind that guy that just died kind of be at the boss now and take over. So I think it'd be cool because you'll see, uh, hopefully see that lead change. Yeah, um, I think that'd be kind of neat. Like, here's your first boss world one. This is your objective. And we're just going to watch him get to that. Dang, that's a good idea, too. Would they yeah. be sharing like the same world or would they be just going like, 
opposite. I would say, people. yeah, I would say I want to see him like in this uh, same exact spot, same exact everything. And then your job is to run through it as fast as you can. Yeah. You know, and that would make it cool is that if that one was the slip up, you got to start all the way back there. Now, like I said, you might have passages unlocked to get to that boss faster. But at the end, you still got to fight these enemies in the way or just run past them, whatever anybody crazy does. That's a great idea because like just a missed dodge will reset oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, God, I would be so awful at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so guys, September 4th, if you guys are Stardew Valley fans and want to check that out, I know I'll be watching. All right, next up, we're going to go on over Gamescom real fast, some of our favorite trailers from Gamescom. What I'll do is, what we're going to do is we're going to first start off the Xbox event, and uh, I'll go over a couple of our big hits. It was pretty light, to be honest with you. First off, Humble Studios is joining Game Pass, so that's just a new slew of indie titles joining Game Pass. Uh, some really big hits there. Uh, they announced that this Christmas xCloud is going to be coming to all of these systems. So everything that's Game Pass will be able to play through xCloud. Uh, Jonathan, do you think you'll be able to take advantage of that xCloud? Do you think that's going to be something useful for you? No, probably not. I mean, I almost yeah. never use my Xbox anyways. That's actually not <laughs> important right now. I'm just doing it on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's bringing the real, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Squeaks? Um, I'm not a, uh, crazy on that. So, the xCloud idea, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, the Game Pass, I think, is already the, oh my gosh, top of the food chain when it comes to deals in gaming. Uh, so that's nice that they're adding more to it. To me, I honestly don't, as my life, I don't see a, a benefit beneficial for that. Yeah. Um, but I did, if anything, almost want to pre-order a Halo. Did you see that Halo Xbox? Oh, my God, yeah. I'm waiting for Amazon to pop that bitch up because I think I will pre-order it. I haven't bought an Xbox yet, but that was the closest thing to it. Oh man! And that oh. controller, that controller though too, like that Did thing you see is the two hundred dollar so... one, that elite one. I didn't see no two hundred dollar. Is it the green one with the like the his visor as the button? Yeah, so that's the elite controller. Yeah. That is okay. two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was uh, almost hitting pre order. I was like, oh, that price. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Where's my card that Sarah doesn't know about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, out. I mean like. <laughs> that controller is one switch cost i guess just, yeah right. it's really tough to swing that but yeah i uh, want that xbox hey, uh console that or the so halo good. console yeah very good it is um we have a date for halo 2 so but let's go ahead and go into dying light 2 got a uh some more details which is like a parkour zombie game uh the game i'm most excited for that was like a brand new title from them was um it's called stray blade and it's gonna be a new adventure title for them i kind of think of like Fable 1 almost, kind of where it's just like hack and slash with some magic. I'm excited for new IPs to be joining the gaming world, essentially. Because I think we get a lot of those like, oh, it's a sequel to this. Oh, it's a reboot of this. So it's nice to have just like a brand new title. And that was the big hit for me. A couple other things I want to make sure to mention. We have a brand new ship coming, ship skin coming to Sea of Thieves. And it's going to be the Borderlands skin. So you guys, if you guys are Borderlands fans and Sea of Thieves fans, rejoice. Uh, the skin is completely free, so that's pretty cool. And then Destiny 2 announced a brand new expansion coming up called The Witch Queen that uh, looks dope. It actually looks like a Lich King kind of thing where she's raising the dead to attack her foes. Uh, I think that might be the one that brings me back. So come check me out on Destiny 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go on to day two. And we're just going to be doing the first day, uh, days because the sec or the third day was so awful. So um, it was just like indie titles and nothing really cool. But 
our top five reveals for me was we have a brand new trailer for Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. This looks like they totally revamped every Lego game and actually looks like some real new footage uh, and new gameplay. Jonathan, have you played many of the Lego games? Uh, I played the Lego Batman game. Mm -hmm. I think that, and I, I, I played like demos, I think, for one of the first Lego games, but I think that's it. Yeah. What about you, Squeaks? Yeah, I played quite a few of them. Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, uh, the DC villains, some of the Batman ones. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think about getting a Star Wars collection that goes from, I mean, the very beginning of Skywalker's story all the way to the last movie? Yeah, I think it's pretty neat, to be honest. Uh, I haven't played the old school Star, uh, Star Wars ones, uh, God, since they came out. Um, so it'd be kind of cool to kind of get that fulfilled story. And then if it's like, I don't know, like you said, revamped or whatever the case, if it's a little cleaner looking. Yeah, it'd yeah. be nice to kind of get that, see that visuals. It feels like they rebuilt the games completely because there's a lot of like behind the shoulder action, which is something mm -hmm. I don't remember from Lego games. I haven't played a Lego game in a bit since the Batman ones. Actually, I played all the Batman ones. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to give this one a shot. I don't have to see. Then, yes, we had on, the, on day two, we had that Halo Infinite trailer that really showed off a lot of cool stuff. I'm so excited for Halo Infinite. We have a date. It's coming out December 8th, I believe it was. I don't have the date here, I realized, so that's not good. Is that just the uh, multiplayer? That's multiplayer and campaign. Oh, nice. Because I was a little nervous because we didn't get that campaign. I heard that we were just going to get multiplayer, yeah. not campaign. I was like, how the fuck are you going to do that? What's not <laughs> coming, which is actually a big problem for me and Jonathan, because me and Jonathan play it together, is day one will not be co-op campaign. Yeah. Just single player campaign. Yeah. So. That's lame. That is lame. Um, hopefully, you know, it's <clears throat> quickly afterwards, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, they did talk about Halo Season 1, which is because... The multiplayer is going to be much more like Warzone. It'll be free to play, so you guys don't actually have to pay for Halo to play the multiplayer. But it's going to be where, like, hey, look at this. I bought a skin, basically. It'll, it'll expand as we go. Will this new Halo work on Xbox One, or do you have to get the X or Series S? It will work on Halo One, or it will work on Xbox One. And part of the X Cloud that you're talking shit about earlier lets that mm -hmm. happen. So every game that's coming out on Series X and S can stream to Xbox One for free. Ah, oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. So right. you, Maybe you don't I'll have, have to, to upgrade. Get... Yeah. Yeah. I just got to plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a this... shame, guys? I just want to throw this out there. You know how me and Squeaks are freaking out about the Halo Xbox that's coming out? Jonathan has a Halo Xbox One that's dope yeah, as does, hell. Yeah. yeah. I bought it in the last Halo. <laughs> uh, is this uh, on PC as well, day one? Yes, it will. Okay. Oh, so I don't even need to plug in my Xbox. I'll just play it on PC. Ain't that the truth of it, though, really? Problem solved. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. come out with a Halo PC case, I'm really in trouble. Oh, um, or Steam Deck skin. <laughs> <laughs> Squeaks his face. I that's want that Sylvanas one. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, the only thing that's going to get me to buy an Xbox right now is that Halo one. So if I would get my hands on that one, then, okay, fuck, I bought an Xbox. I didn't know that controller was $200. That's very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already out of pre-order, so. Yeah. The fact that D-pad is his, his screen was the yeah. selling point to me. I was like, that yeah. is so cool. All right, the, our number three on our list is Call of Duty Vanguard. We got some gameplay. It's like nine minutes of actual gameplay footage. And this thing feels like a real Call of Duty game. I'm talking Call of Duty 2, World War II game. Um, in this one, you're playing uh, as a character, Polina, in Stalingrad, who started out as a nurse, and then, like, Nazis came to town, basically, right? So she's, like, going from building to building, shooting Nazis. She hears tanks rolling by. She has to hide. Like, it is exactly like how i like the call of duty games i loved back in the day so i'm really excited for that to return i'm grabbing this call of duty day one and it's the first call of duty day one i'm going to be grabbing in 
I don't know, eight years. Eight years. Yeah, something crazy like that. <laughs> Are you guys on board for jumping on this uh, call, uh, call of Duty bandwagon? I think if you're gonna get it, I'll get it. We could play it together. Boom. When's it, when's it coming out? Uh, great question. Uh, probably this November. I would assume. Oh. Yeah, that's when they usually come out, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I usually buy them for the games. The last one about the Modern Warfare, or yeah, just Modern Warfare. Um, I mean, I play it for the campaign. I don't know if I'll get a day one because I am just playing for a campaign. I'm not crazy on the multiplayer. Uh, I used to be. So it's like, am I really going to spend 60 bucks just for the campaign? So. It's funny because I only play for the campaign and Jonathan, I believe you're mainly a campaign guy too, correct? Yeah. So your typical Call of Duty player is like, oh yeah, like if we had Daniel in here, he's like, oh yeah, Warzone this, Warzone that, I'm all about the multiplayer. And yet we're kind of outliers in that we just like the campaigns a lot and the good stories. So. That'd be kind of interesting if for PC, at least, if they were to sell those separately. Because it seems like, I mean, they make the money, they'd rather just make a $60 sale every time, but I think you'd get a lot more people willing to buy a 30 or $40 just campaign or just, you know, multiplayer version. I'm sure a lot of people will spend $40 just to get the multiplayer that yeah. don't care about campaign. But, you know, you're getting more than half the, the price for half the game. But, uh, yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Well, and with Call of Duty, it's tricky because not only is there the multiplayer, like you're saying, but there's also Warzone, which is their free version of the multiplayer that's real big. So with this, they already announced that with the Vanguard stuff, they're also going to come out with like Vanguard skins for Warzone you could buy that I'm sure Daniel's already got his like credit card next to his computer ready to go for that day. And he's like, insert this here and, you know, have a new skin. So there's going to be a lot of people that are like that, that are on board. But yeah, presumably coming out this November, guys. So check that out. <laughs> All right. We had a reveal for a brand new game that I, I'll admit got me interested. Marvel's Midnight Sun. Squeaks, did you watch this trailer? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just like, I don't give a shit if there was no gameplay. I'm buying that <laughs> motherfucking game. The only, the only thing I didn't care for, I'm going to say real quick, is Ghost Rider Skull. I wish it was a little bit more Skully instead of like, dart robot point thing. Yeah. Um, But other than that, oh my god, just to see all the heroes and that gold and then Wolverine with the engraving on it, like he's some, like, that was block, so man. cool. <laughs> so <Yeah>. badass. <laughs> to see like Blade with the whole gold plates and everything and like Captain America with all that, it's like, oh my god, I don't know what. I don't give a shit what the story is or whatever. I'm on board. <laughs> well, we know that the story is that mind. you're going to be fighting Lilith. Uh, go so that's the mother yeah. of Raven. Uh, and we're trying to stop her from finishing the Darkhold book. Is is from my understanding? Uh, not Raven. Okay. That can't be right. Hold on, Raven. Raven. Yeah, that's DC. That's DC. Hold on. I think even in the article I wrote Raven. Oops. Um, is it starts with an M? <laughs> oh, Magic. I think. Oh, it's, yeah. That's okay. it. Um, Marvel and DC copy each other all the time. Marvel mostly copying <laughs> yeah. DC. To be honest with you. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> It looks really good. This is made by uh, Fire Axis, which does Civilization games. Which, that's not what this is. But this is probably closer to the XCOM. From what I've been hearing, they're saying it's not like XCOM. It's actually going to be a lot like, um, what was it? United Alliance or something like that? What were those called, Squeaks? Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. It'll be similar to those. But you're fighting through hell the whole time. That, so I mean, that's kind of how I took it. I mean, and it's going to be totally more mature and adulterous than the, the Switch version, the Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah. Um. Because I'm not just saying it's you know because it's on the Switch, it's childish, but it's super comic booky, and I love that because every character is basically came out of comic book. Yeah. So this one you can kind of tell it's like okay, reverted a little bit, kind of made it a little darker, a little more yeah, intense, intensified. And what a great way to kind of redeem Ghost Rider and Blade at just the right time. Like I kind of feel like we need to get Ghost Rider back in the Marvel world because he is a very good character that people just like chalk up to. 
Nicolas Cage. But like, no, he's a badass. Even like the Reyes, I think his version is what it's called. I think it's called the Reyes, um, which is the other one where he drives a car instead of a motorcycle is dope as hell. And so I'd really like to see them bring him into the Marvel universe more. This might be a little way in. With Mephesto, I mean, it could be. I mean, I know like Mephesto's like a tight, like a, you know, Thanos is like kind of posse, whatever, from the comic books. Uh, but still, you guys kind of, they could kind of tie in like Devil and Hell and oh, you know, yeah. they could do something easily. Doctor Strange, for sure, you know. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to bring him in. Yeah. Um, why do I, I keep saying Constantine, I'm thinking Constantine, like, that's yeah. DC, Frank. You're Shut really up. on the DC right now. I know. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last up, the thing I'm most excited for. Oh, by the way, that last game's coming out March 2022. I uh, love how it's not even that far away either. All of these have been relatively close, which is surprising. Yeah. I think with COVID, people are thinking like, let's not announce things before they're like near completion. I think they might have learned that lesson from all of COVID because they keep delaying shit. So I think we're at that point now because this next one is also coming up relatively close and I'm really excited for it. Saints Row is back. It's a full-on reboot. The trailer looks so freaking good. Um, yeah, we're in a brand new city called Santo Leso, which is supposed to be like a kind of a border town. Um, it's back to its roots. So you're part of a gang who's trying to take over the other gangs. Uh, you're bad guys, but with a little bit of a good bend to yourselves. Um, there are now distinct gangs again. So like, hey, these guys are good for car runners. These guys are, and you're like taking them out and trying to control sit the city one block at a time. You can take over buildings and start having like, this is where we make our cocaine or whatever. It won't be that, but you know, whatever. Um, it's classic. It's fun. You guys got to watch the cinematic trailer. It's number one on our top five list on our website. Go check it out. And this is coming out February 25th. I'm super hyped for this. What are your thoughts, Jonathan? Uh, I haven't played the Saints Rose before. I know you were like super excited about them in the past, but yeah. Uh, it sounds good. I mean, if I end up having a plethora of time to play games, then maybe I'll try it out. Yeah. But I have very limited gaming time right now as it is. Oh, Jonathan, you got to reschedule your priorities, man. It should be video games, know, podcasting. Yeah. Well, once baby, the baby's old enough to go to like boarding school, then pff, I'm all in. <laughs> as soon as, no, as soon as Marco's that old, you get him playing games next to you. Oh, there you but, go. Hey, Marco, I need a lot of like extra lives or whatever. Have him farm yeah. the stuff for you on another Xbox on the side. Level yeah. my character for a while while I go to yeah. the bathroom. Perfect. Oh, I like it. What do you think of Squeaks? Uh, yeah, so I haven't played anything after... Well, I played a little bit after 3, but the rest were just becoming what the hell is going on with Saints Row series. Yeah. Uh, this trailer did not excite me as wow, I was really? hoping it would. Yeah, because I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the the characters, like the Saints Row characters. I was kind of hoping, like... I'm thinking, like, the old ones, like, you know, you're gangbanging, you're gangbanging. These yeah. were kind of like, oh, we're little, like, little cocky little rats and we're gonna scientifically uh we got a whole big plan and everything and we're just hella funny you know we're gonna hijack the car and i don't know i just i was like i nah. love your bend <laughs> <laughs> i was like man where's that fucking gangbang shit just shoot some shit up steal that car and go you know not this whole there was a lot more ruthless know. yeah you could tell this is a lot less ruthless than it was in like saints row one and two um, yeah which they're trying to reboot back to those but there is a little bit more Robin Hoodie feel to this. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Yeah. yeah. When before it was like they just killed, you know, I forget his name, but they just killed somebody. Which later on, again, Saints Row gets so out of control that you play the character they killed and you fight your way out of hell. Yeah. So, Gas, I think his name or something like that. Or Gas. I mean, whatever. I'm excited for it to go back its old ways though, because I loved playing the Saints Row where you are taking like the territories and stuff. So I'm yeah. on, I'm totally on board with that. Like I love that we're going back to the right ways. I will be grabbing this. For sure. Again, February 25th. I'll be there. Make it February 14th. This could be my my uh, Valentine's Day plans. I'm just saying. 
Help me out, Santoro. <laughs> Alright, next we're going to be uh, checking out a brand new comic run from the mind of Ben Slabok. He's one of my favorite creators. Uh, he works on a really great comic book called Mapmaker. This is his, uh, well, this is the other comic book he does that he's, he's really well known for. Uh, we're going to be bringing you guys more indie comics in the future. Kind of really shine up that comic book corner that we haven't been giving as much attention to as we should have been. Um, so this one here called Exilium. Okay, E-X-I-L-I-U-M, links will be in the description below, uh, is a really fun comic book. It's starting at season two for the main title and has a spinoff now. Both so far are really cool. I got to dive into both of them. Uh, we're going to be talking about the main series, Exilium, season two first, and then we'll move on to the spinoff called Exilium Vanguard. So to begin, we're going to get you guys introduced to the world of Exilium. An alien race was invaded by an unknown invader. Uh, they escape and come to Earth as refugees. When they get here, they uh, basically start a civil war on the planet. So half the planet is like, hey, let's bring them in and give them you know, sanctuary. The other half of the planet is they're a danger, they're a threat. They could bring the danger that, that attacked them back. There's, there's no way we could trust them, yada, yada, yada. And humanity divides completely. The half that thinks that the aliens are dangerous are called exileums, and they leave the planet. And, you know, the term exile, right? Uh, they leave the planet to go off, and they, there's a distant star that they're going to go shoot for that has a Dyson sphere, so a full society around it. When the aliens came, they came with a lot of technology, so we jumped, you know, far beyond our normal bounds in technology, and uh, we're fully space-fearing and everything like that. Eventually, the invaders of the aliens planet comes to ours. They track them down uh, and they start attacking us. Battle ensues on Earth and the aliens, the invading, the invaders create a barrier around Earth. Um, three of our heroes. Three of our heroes, Ken, True and Nia, uh, get aboard a ship and they break through the, the barrier. They run right through to seek help. They want to get to the Exileums, the ones that left the planet early on. See if they can come back and help us. They get to the Dyson Sphere. They get to this big uh, space station up there that they have um, and request their help. But they notice something fishy going on on the station. And they realize that they are the invaders. They wanted to reclaim Earth, wipe out the aliens and the sympathetic humans in one swoop. And they have been attacking Earth. So craziness ensues. Uh, true, spoiler alert for season one. All right. True uh, ends up killing the leader of them, the Exileums, um, and the Exilium space station is brought to closer to Earth, and they are now out of like a very sensitive reconciliation situation where they're trying to unite all of humanity together again, but it's very touchy. You know, there's still some old school feelings, um, and that's where season two starts. We have the space station nearby, and... There's this, you know, trial situation where they're trying to figure out exactly what happened with the murder or the death, I should say, of the former leader of the Exileums. His son, the Exileums' son, uh, didn't know how, how his father was invading and stuff like that and didn't really know all the details. He is now trying to integrate his people into the Earth's society. Um, and it's real kind of like touchy-go, you know, really tricky. 
while they're discussing things on Earth, how season how the first issue of season two ends, uh, they get a distress call uh, for the space station, and they're like, "Hey, we got to go figure out what's on the space station." So they go ahead up there. It's our friends Ken, True, and Nia, and then a few others head up to there. And once up there, they find out that the old leader, and now you know how his son's leading. There's a brother. The old leader had another son who everybody has presumed was dead, and he looks like he's hell-bent to restore his father's glory. So we now have some old blood coming back to start a new fight, and humanity will see if it can survive this new divide, uh, shaking them down. It's already very tense, you know, and so with this new guy coming back and trying to tout the old ways, it's dangerous. This story, obviously, as you guys could hear, it has a lot of... Rev um, a lot of relevance for today. You could definitely hear echoes of today's politics and uh, this this discourse between factions that don't agree on anything and how much that can divide a people that really have the same goals in the end. So there, there, while we're talking about aliens, um, there is a lot to this story that you can kind of relate to. And like, yeah, there's spaceships, but you could feel it. So there's a part of this that I really suggest you guys check out because it just it it harkens so true to how we should be treating people and stuff like that. So truly check that out. Um, the story is well-written. It reads very well. The, um, this is what I, I would say, like medium level text. So like sometimes you have a comic book that's just all about the, the visuals. And then you have another comic book on the other side. That's like Watchmen is a great example of just like all dialogue bubbles. <laughs> the visuals are there just to get the dialogue bubbles from point A to point B. This is really in the middle. So you'll have some parts that are very dialogue heavy, other parts that are all about the visuals. And the visuals are great. You know, we'll go into those in a moment. But um, yeah, it's really great. Really well done. Uh, there is a good mix of, you know, introducing you to the world once you start season two. So I suggest you guys could just jump in on season two. You could go into season two. Uh, if you want to, you can check out all of season one. It's out there as well. And it's, it's all a lot of fun. I've been checking out season one as well. Um, and it's a blast. Visually, there's some solid details on the characters. They do a really great job with the face structure, I've noticed. So you can really kind of see the personality in the face. You can really get a, an idea of what these people are feeling through their face structure, um, which is a lot of comic books nowadays. They'll kind of go with that light drawing. Actually, it's funny is Vanguard actually kind of lightens it up a little bit. The spinoff kind of lightens it up a little bit. But this one is, is a little bit more detailed, uh, especially True, which is an alien. And I thought like when you first see him, you're like, well, you're not going to get any money expressions out of him. But no, you feel it. And he has like these big black eyes that at first are like, oh, man, those are kind of freaky, they're kind of alien. But no, then soon you realize they're like anime eyes and they actually express even more emotion. So it's really well done. Uh, paneling is generally a little bit more traditional than you. Um, like it's quite a bit of traditional, but there are some panel breaks that I really like uh, where we have kind of either there is no, you know, formed boxes for the panels, uh, which is really cool looking where it's just like this corner is actually the entire panel and it just blends in and just bleeds in like watercolors. Uh, or, or there's things where it's entire, you know, page is really well done uh, in that sense. Now, would I like to see them get a little more creative with their paneling? Yes, because of what the story is and how it's like big space adventures stuff like that. I would like to see a little bit more creative uh, stuff with the paneling. We have seen that in some panels where it shows like them repairing the side of the space station. I was just, I was at that in awe, looking at all the little details, and I wish that there was more of those. So hopefully, as these guys get a little more funding and stuff like that. We can really start to see them flex those muscles that we know they have. Uh, so that would be really cool. But in general, 
check out um, Exilium. It's E-X-I-L-I-U-M. It could be Exilium, <laughs> but I'm going with Exilium. Check it out. That's uh, season two starting now. Uh, now let's go into go into uh, Vanguard. Okay, so that's a spinoff. Exilium Vanguard's a spinoff. All right, now with Exilium Vanguard, uh, we're going back in time to when Earth is fully, you know, encased by this blockade, and uh, you know it's oppressive and war all the time, stuff like that. We're, we're there, um, and we're seeing this band of kind of renegades, like all looking around at this ship that's just chilling there with a with a barrier around it and they're all giving orders and it's definitely a team of sorts right and we start to recognize a couple of faces yes ken true and nia are all there and we're like okay what's going on what's going on there's definitely one focal point this this alien that's got this kind of hood over her head and she looks very cool um and they're all waiting on her command and finally the ship looks like it's about to take off so the shield goes down and boom it's a go and this comic book from that moment, I'm talking about the first issue of Vanguard. Uh, from that moment is non-freaking stop. It's just go, 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 all actions. Uh, this is like for season two of Vanguard. It's or of sorry of Exilium. It's a lot of setup because they have to tell you the world again. They're kind of you know reintroducing you to the characters. This one, they assume you know the world. You're watching the spinoff now, and so it's just like okay, well here you go. Here's the world, and just have fun in it. And, and that's exactly what you're doing. You're just having fun in it. So it's very quick pace. It's black and white in comparison to the color one. That's probably going to be changed in the future once they get, you know, the funding for a colorist and stuff like that. That takes time. Um, but the lettering, by the way, the lettering is top-notch lettering. I mean, this we're talking like 90s Marvel DC lettering. Really, really well done. Um, I like that one. It's nice, clean, easy to read. Because, you know, when you get into comic books, you kind of just go faster and faster and faster. And you just can't stop, especially one that's like this, where it's just like, boom, go time. Try to capture that ship. So the team tries to capture the ship. They're leaning back a lot on their leader, who's kind of just unsure about everything. Um, well, they're not unsure about everything, but just kind of cautious of the situation. Like, what are the odds of them getting past this blockade? Uh, what's amazing is, you know, the team gets aboard minus three people and they fly off. And those three people are like, oh, great job, worked out well. All right, well, let's go on to our next adventure. And that is the start of. Ex Exilium number one, the main comic book. So There's a little bit of a prequel for our team here, right? We got to see them in, in action, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there's one panel in particular that I really like that shows them kind of all in the hero shot. And um, they're like, all right, guys, well, the team's on there. Let's see if we can't help them win. And they all pick up guns and like, let's split up. And I think that'd be really good framed. I might use that as part of the cover uh, for this. It was a lot of fun. So the main ship goes with our team. They get through the blockade, and now they're off on an adventure. We don't know what their goal is, but their dynamic is where it's at. We have, like, the smart guy who, you know, the techie guy. He's your, yeah, he's your whiz kid that's already, like, friends with the android. We have the kind of the gruff soldier that's like, oh, you know, we got to go by the book. Um, we, of course, have our leader uh, who's this alien who has definitely some other motives involved. And so stuff like that. Uh, Art-wise, like I said, it's black and white for now. I think that might change. Face structures are good, but there are times where they're like, they kind of go with a little more cartoony look. But you could tell they put more work into like explosions and the environment. Uh, when they're in like, when they're on Earth, the rubble and stuff like that, great detail on the building. If you guys check this out, check out the buildings. They're very good details. The roads, the rubble, very nicely done. Um, and then if you look at like when they're, 
uh, you know, aboard the ship and going off. Like the walls, they had the scratches and they're just the little lines. So you almost feel the depth within the lines and between the walls and stuff like that. It's just, it, this book in particular does a really good job of putting you into that world and making you want to look at it and check it out. So again, this is Exilium Vanguard. Both, this one ends with a mystery as in what is the rebel, what is their uh, goals and, you know, you want to be on board with them. This is an indie comic and, you know, I, I just really like this team. Let me go over the, who we have working on this team, on these comics. So, again, Ben Splack, I could vouch for him. I really like his work on MapMaker, and he's the creator and writer of this one. So check that out. Illustrated by, uh, this is for Exilium, um, Solomon uh, Farias, colored by uh, Vittorio Atone, uh, lettered by HTE. That lettering in both these comic books is tight, so good job on that. Uh, and then we have some variant comics you guys could check out. You know, one by done by Camila D and Daniel Watts and a few others. So just check those out, guys. Uh, I, I enjoyed reading these quite a bit, and we actually got a lot of them to read, which was a lot of fun because then we could really check it out. And then for Vanguard again, Vince Black again, uh, Pablo uh, uh, Vertigo uh, Manu, I'm sorry, Manas uh, did the illustration for that, and then we had um, coloring was done by Vitario again, and then we had that lettering again by HDE, like I was talking about before. It, you know, it takes a lot for you to notice the lettering, how well it's done, how clean and professional it is. And if you could notice it, I think that's a good sign. That means it's like, oh, I haven't seen lettering like this, before, you know, in a while, not, not in a while. I was talking like, it reminds me of 90s X-Men comics. It's just so cool, so clean and easy to read because I cannot stand like Watchmen is a great comic book. Don't get me wrong. It's so tightly lettered and it's it's a bit much. To where you're like, okay, this kind of feels more novelly, and I'm not going as fast paced. This, I'm going fast paced, and I'm just ripping through it. And I love when I'm ripping through a comic book. It means that it's got the adrenaline going, and it's really good. And that's how Exilium is. Uh, we're gonna have links in the bios for the website. Uh, we'll, we'll have um, they have a Kickstarter going on for more going on for season two of Exilium and more for Vanguard. So you guys can get access to all that over there. Check it out on their Kickstarter. Really cool comic book. Uh, really cool group. And uh, give them. Give him some support, guys. We're going to be trying to focus on these indie comics. We're going to be interviewing a lot of creators in the future. Starting in September, we're kicking that back up. Uh, we've talked about in the past, pushing uh, Push to Talk was going to come out in December, but we're like, you know what? We have a lot of these interviews kind of building up. And so we're like, nah, let's just start doing them now. You know, whatever. We'll figure out the schedule. And so... Uh, we're changing the name from Push to Talk because we already have another podcast with Pushing It, Pushing Buttons, which is doing quite well. Uh, Push to Talk is going to be changed to just Geek Freaks Interviews, and we'll be an episode focused just on the interview as Push to Talk was, um, and we could really kind of shine the light on some of these indie comics and um, the creators that are working hard to bring them to you guys. Uh, and this is where you get some really unique and diverse storytelling. It's not just the same old thing from Marvel and DC. Uh, and if you're new to comics, this is the way to jump in. And what's really cool is if you guys follow, like, uh, you know, when you guys go to the Kickstarter, you could see, or to their websites, either way, you could see, you know, their Instagrams and stuff like that. And then you could really connect on the how it's made process of these comic books you love. Something that Marvel and DC don't share very much. So it's really cool to see, like, oh, wow, look how they did the, you know, skeleton, skeletal build of this character that I really like. It's just really neat. So participate in indie comics, guys. Support the industry. They're amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on Geek Freaks. We really appreciate it. We have a new level up coming up for September. 
This time we're going God of War. I'm excited to talk about this one. So much story and, you know, speculation on where the story's going to go. And, and I was new to the franchise for this one. So I just, I'm all hyped about it and it'll be really good. Uh, that's going to be a three person one. Probably we're going to bring Kevin on. We might bring Kyle on for that. So we're excited about talking about that. We have Trek Freaks coming out on Friday. And then next week we have, of course, you know, another Geek Freaks news. We'll have a pushing buttons. Okay. That's really going to be really fun pushing buttons. And then another Trek Freaks. So all that. And of course, Sloop is out on Cephalopod and Patreon. You guys want to join that? And we have, of course, we have all kinds of perks going out there. Uh, we have new stickers joining this week. And if you guys join Patreon, no matter what tier, I ship you some shit stickers. You can be repping your merch or whatever you want. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you again for hanging out. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.